I sense the Lord is, is just calling us into a new season of being, um, of being a healing church. It was one of the prophetic words over our church, I think from Betsy back two years ago. We're a young church. We're you know, really two years old, not very old, in a big house, <laughs> you know. So, but one of the words that Betsy gave is that we would be a church of wounded healers, um, that the Lord would be calling in many who um, had scars and wounds and needed to be healed, but in that process of finding healing, uh, that we would, we would be agents of healing as well. And we've seen that to be the case. The Lord has brought in many of you, many of you who have, have been wounded or, or, or scarred, not just physically, but maybe emotionally or spiritually. And the Lord has given healing to you and empowering you to bring that to others. I believe that's just the nature of the kingdom. The kingdom is made up of wounded healers. Um, and I have a special, I, just, I, I, I feel that this season, is a, there's a special grace for healing upon our church, uh, largely because of some of these testimonies that make highlighted um, that have been happening in the last several weeks and months, and uh, that's not all of them. There, there are many more um, that's happening, and just in, I'm sensing the Lord is just beginning, he's, he's asking us to ask for this gift in greater measure. So we're going to do that some this morning, and uh, I want to have a friend of mine come up. Um, he's more than a friend, though. He's, he's, I've known Chris, uh, Chris for, for, for 20, come on up, Chris, by the way. Y'all welcome Chris Seeger Lewis here, if you would. Case. King's Church, welcome. I've, so Chris and I met 25 years ago. We were college roommates down in Jessamine County at Asbury. And um, just, yeah, it's a lot, of, a lot of years, a lot of miles. Get your mic on. You ready to go? It's got a green light. Ready, ready to go. So, uh, and, you know, when Meg and I moved away um, for that period of 10 years, of course, Chris and I stayed in touch. But it really was a, it was a, a blessing for the Lord that the Lord allowed Meg and I to move back to, to Wilmore in 2011. I actually stayed in, in Chris's in-law's house for a period of months. He set that up, so uh, the Lord has used him. And there's a, there's a lot to the story. Chris has, he's had an intimacy with the Lord um, that I've never known. And he's walked in a depth of intimacy with the Lord, even when we were in college. Even in college, he's like, he would set the bar up here, you know, and like, I'm kind of a stupid college kid who's, you know, <laughs> whatever. Just, I'm just not, I'm not there, you know, so like, I'm always aspiring to kind of um, pursue the Lord, but um, the Lord did a similar work in both of us in 2015 and moving us into a season of breakthrough, a season of seeing signs and wonders, things he's seen before 2015, but I really hadn't, but I think collectively, like we both began to see um, just supernatural things happening in our own lives and in the church that we were both ministering in. We both were ministering uh, at the Vineyard Church um, in, in Wilmore, and um, you want to tell us a little bit about 2015 and kind of what you began to see? Sure. And how can, you began to... Um, I don't take up a lot of time, but it's... I'll get to something later about this, but in, in 2015, I think sometimes a struggle causes you to walk, to cause you to draw closer to the Lord. Just, we had some struggles, and um, how do we even tell this? How do we do this in a really quick way? Well, for me, it was pra beginning to practice what you called um, sanctified imagination. Somebody began to lead me in sort of walking in this, really the time of focused prayer. Where is Jesus? What's he doing? Absolutely. And learning to listen. I had never really learned to listen to what the Holy Spirit was saying. Yeah. You know, and for me, that was, that was a big thing. And then, um, I don't know, we just, we began to see, you know, you began to get uh, sort of an anointing for healing. Remember the, the heat yeah. on your hands. Tell us about that. Yeah, Linda. sure. So I, I'd never, I'd always wanted to see healing because I read the scripture and I believed the Lord. 
I said, this has got to be available, but I'd never seen it. And um, I just remember in the summer of 2015, I said, Lord, I want to walk. I just want to be your disciple. Hmm. And I, but I recognized that there was something in between my prayers and that, and that the Lord was somehow was letting me know he was going to take care of that. And then, um, geez, I, I don't even know how it started. It was kind of like in the fall of 2015, I started walking. I teach at Asbury. And I started walking to work, and then I started to, in my time walking, I would just listen to the Holy Spirit, and I started to hear these, like, if some of you may know I'm talking about, just the Lord speaking, but then I started to hear things that I'd never experienced. I, I remember one of the first things I heard that I thought, what is that? He said is, very soon you will see people healed from addiction without any 12-step plan. Well, I've never seen that. I was like, what am I hearing? What does this mean? And I'd, I'd walk to school, and... Um, you would call me yeah. up often and sort of unload some of these things that the Lord was saying. And there, were, there would be prophetic words that you would talk to me, and you'd written them down. Yeah. You're a, a prolific journaler. And some of these things were so almost outlandish, but very specific. Yeah, and very, you would begin to see confirmation of things happening. Right. So part of the, I mean, the connection what he's talking about here is between words of knowledge. Like, so your intimacy before the Lord, it's all about intimacy. I'll just say this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about intimacy. It's like, it's not about performance is that your intimate place is the place of power. But it's not about power. It's about overflow of love. Right. It's like, for me, I'm sorry, what happened was I had this experience where I was in my studio. I'm an artist. I'm a painting professor and all that. I was in my studio, and I was stretching canvases or working something, and I just had this, like, notion, hmm. check your landline. And, like, no one calls me on my landline in my studio. Like, other professors don't call me. I don't even know why we have them at Asbury. It's like, it's like a dinosaur thing. But I just check your landline. And I checked it, and there was a message. And there was this strange guy. Can I tell this story? Mm, yeah. Because he's part of this. And I couldn't even understand this guy from out west saying, like, hey, my name is this. And I'm from, New- I'm from Santa Fe. And. The Lord put you in my heart. And I was like, I had to listen to it three times because of the, the Western kind of like California Western accent. And I, so I said, okay, I'm going to do due diligence. And I went outside the building the, and I called and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, my name is this. And yeah, yeah this is what happened. I was, this guy's an artist, has a tattoo studio in Santa Fe. And he's an artist, a figure out artist. He said, yeah, I was praying this morning and, um, I suddenly saw these letters in front of my face. I didn't know what they meant. It was A-S-B-U-R-Y. And he's like, I didn't even know what that meant. So I asked the Lord, what's an Asbury? And so he's like, I need, so he looked it up. And the Lord said to him, well, Google it. Look it up. So he looked it up. And some of you may have heard this story, maybe not. And he's like, oh, it's a Christian university, college. And then the Lord said, look at the art department. And they looked it up. He says, now look at this guy, Chris, and call him up personally. And so... <laughs> This is how this all started. This is really kind of how this all started. So at this time, I'm hearing these strange things like, you're going to see people freed from addiction without any 12 step. You're going to see miracles and wonders. And I'd never seen them. I just tell you, I'd not seen them, but I wanted to see them. And so I thought to myself, oh, this is a guy that maybe understands this. So I immediately asked him on the phone. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? I've been hearing these things about freedom and healing and when am I going to see a breakthrough? And then he just had this like really quick kind of non-spectacular word. <laughs> he said, Chris, I just sense that the Lord is saying that when you, you understand 
the pleasure the Lord takes over you, you're going to start to see this. It's a word about love. I was like, oh, that's interesting, not highly profound. <laughs> but the interesting thing happened was is that when I hung up, I suddenly started to like hear this in my mind for the next couple days. I saw it was like a Renaissance picture. You know those like domes in the Renaissance where there's angels playing around, kind of saying? And I started to see the Lord and the Father just like circling around me, the Father saying, I'm so pleased with you. I would just hear it all day long. And then the miracles came. That's it. It came out of just like suddenly like this sense of like knowledge of his love. It comes as an overflow. Right. Healing is an overflow, an expression of God's love. Right. It's not about consolidating power or showing people something. It is actually tangible forms of God's love. And then I just remember the first time it was like, I was so shocked. We were at this church that we were serving at together and I started to, people were like, I think Brad asked me or maybe the other pastor asked me to start getting words of knowledge. I've never really done that. But like, as I prayed, I started to hear this interior voice, still small voice saying, you're going to see this, somebody with a back condition. And then I remember this first girl who came up, she was in her 20s, and she was crunched over, and I prayed for her, and this felt like the Lord said, just command this thing to be healed, and I did. And then something happened that, like, I'm not, I don't want to focus on the, the phenomenological, but I'm just saying I felt like something go like this through my hand, like electricity. I'd never experienced that before. But yeah. then her back did this, like that. She's like, wow, I feel better. I was so shocked. <laughs> The next day was voting day, so this must have been sometime in November. I don't know. I went to her husband, and I said, hey, did, did, did your wife really get better? She's like, oh, yeah. I was like, really? Because I wasn't sure that I'd seen what I'd seen. <laughs> and at that point, then we started seeing things. Brad and I are constantly talking. Um, then it started happening in public, where it wasn't I was just looking for it. It was like the Lord was looking for me and looking for folks. And I started to see things happening in right. just public places, and there was not a just period, in church. There was a period, too, where you, your hands were talking about the phenomenological, and yeah. some have that, some don't. I've never had that. I've never felt eating my hands, never felt electricity, nothing. I had neither before this moment. But, but there was a period where you had heat in your hands 24-7, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah, that, that came with a, the Lord started speaking to me prophetically, and I hope I'm not getting too deep into all this, but he started speaking and saying, I'm calling you to, it was actually, I was here during some kind of conference and the Lord says, I'm calling you home to your people. Well, I'm Jewish by birth. So it was a calling to go and work with Jewish evangelists in Israel. And then he said, I'm about to anoint you to heal. Now, the thing about it is, is you don't have to have any of those things to see constant, miraculous, loving healing, yeah. but maybe I needed it. <laughs> I needed the encouragement. And um, I'd heard people say these things before. I feel heat. I feel this. I was like, man, I believe you, but I just haven't seen that. I would love to see that. But then things started happening. I, went, I mean, it was the first day of class in 2016 in January. I went to class at Asbury. I was giving out the syllabus. And then suddenly I feel like hot balls of fire. It's like your hand is over a hot stove all day long. And I'm like weeping during class, and my students are like, "What's wrong with Prof. Sigri Lewis?" I'm like giving this, telling the syllabus, and then like start to weep, <laughs> like, "What's going on with him?" And then I was like, I went to bed all day long. It was hot, and I called up that guy that I met. I said, "Is this normal? This has been like a week, and it doesn't matter what I'm doing. It's like hot fire. It doesn't matter if I'm like 
playing basketball, I'm running, if I'm talking to somebody about mechanics, all day long I'm feeling this hot fire. And that kept going on for years, all day long. And then other things were added to it. I don't know if this is helpful, but for me that was encouragement that the, I knew the Lord is technically with me, but it was encouragement. Sometimes we need a little kick in the pants. Sometimes like some of us are like, get in. We're like, we, we're hiding. We don't know that we're mighty warriors. We are like hiding in a vineyard, in a threshing ground. You know, some of, I'm like that. I'm not, that just kept going. And that still happens. I mean, things just, I don't know if those things are directly connected. Let's just put it this way. You don't have to have that right. to see constant healing. You know, I know Randy Clark has been in this building before. He doesn't have that stuff. Yeah. He's probably seen more physical healing than anybody on the earth. I'm just guessing. He says, I don't feel those things. Right. So I don't know. Just yeah. That was the start of it. So that kicked off a, a, almost a two-year period of ministering in that gift. And it, we, won't, we won't really tell names or stories because we, yeah. could, we could do that all day long. But it was it was essentially every every week every on week. Sundays every week. we would be operating in not of course not just Tim and I I mean there's a team of people operating in words of knowledge operating in, um, in, in in prophecy and in and in healing and we're seeing things every single week you know we're seeing deaf ears open deaf ears open you know somebody who had deafness for most of their life in an instant in an instant a change of sound and a change of pressure and the ability to hear. We saw someone who had damage to their eyes because of, uh, and this is, the, I want to tell this story too because it involves your dad. Your dad's a, um, an awesome man, quiet. And, um, but one particular Sunday, we just felt that there was a grace for healing of eyes on this service. And I'm, I'm sort of leading it at the end. And, you know, I ask anybody who, who has issues with eyes to stand up. And there's, what, 20, 22, 23 people that stand up. Um, and I just sense that the Lord's saying, this is, this is a grace that's a healing grace that's for all. So have, every, have two or three gather around each one. So we did that. You know, we didn't have people come up to the front. It wasn't Chris laying hands or anybody else. It was just stand up where you are and two or three people gather around. And let's say, let's, let's pray healing over these, these two dozen people. And I gave some instruction as to how to do that. Here's how you say it and how you, how you operate. And we did that for five or six minutes or so. And your dad was, um, was one of the two or three around this... Uh, um, this young man who had some hearing damage because of some... I think it was the eye damage. Yeah, the eye damage. I'm sorry. Eye damage because of some combat-related injuries. You know, I had to wear sunglasses um, all the time outside. And, um, I, you know, I don't think your dad felt anything or had anything. He just prayed in faith. And we would find out that within... Um, probably by that afternoon when he went outside, his eyes, his, his retinas had healed such where he could actually wear... Go without sunglasses outside for the first time in a long time, and we—I think we got a report that of those 22, we had nearly 20 that had an immediate healing response, or, or healing response, whether it was immediate or or later on. So we were seeing this kind of—it was so encouraging to see that we knew that it was sort of like a season. You know, you're not always. I've never in seen that. anything like that before. Yeah, right. It's so it, it was like everything was brand new. I was like, "Wait, is this possible?" Wait, and the Lord kept saying, "Yes." I'm doing this. I'm doing this. It yeah. was like brand new. So that's in church. We were also seeing things happening, yeah. happening outside. You know, you're, you're, you're getting directed by the Lord left and right. Hey, I want you to go to Walmart, look for somebody who's wearing a red shirt, pray over them. And I'm like, I've never had that happen. You know, but you're yeah. getting stuff like that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, and that is not, I want you to know that I don't come from a charismatic background. So some of you think, oh, it's just, no, I mean, I was born in Jamaica, baptized in the Church of England. We came to America went to the Episcopal Church, ended up at the PCA Church, which is, like, completely cessationist. Um, 
so that was not my background. It was, but it's the Lord's background. That's the best way I can put it. So yeah. it was all new. It was like nothing was like common. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so for myself, it's sort of been this process of learning to hear what does healing mean, reading some books, encountering some things, learning to hear God's voice, learning to be bold and step out. Um, we could tell stories all the time, but I want to I hit of these, um, a, just a couple more teaching points, and then I want us to do some practical things together. You know, and I got some questions here. We're not going to do all of them, but I want to do one is why, why do we emphasize the gift of healing? You know, why is, why is that such a big deal? There's a lot of gifts. Why that one more than others? And there's several reasons for that. And jump in and, and yeah. speak to this too. One of them is because Jesus emphasized it in his ministry. There are several things that he did, teaching, exorcism, but healing, healing was, a, was, a, was, a, was an, a, a continual part of his own ministry. And even more importantly than that, in... Uh, I think it's in Matthew 10, 1 through 5, he's commissioning the disciples to go out and to do these very same things. He sends them out in groups, and he says, I want you to go out, I want you to heal, heal the sick. And actually, Matthew literally says, heal every kind of disease. So he commands the disciples to do his own ministry. He doesn't, just, he doesn't sort of just commission you know, a, a few. He doesn't say, Peter, James, and John, you guys are, you know, you're, you're, the, you're the special healers, go do it. He the, it's, it's, for every, it's for every follower of Jesus to carry this gift in some measure. Now, there are some that have sort of a greater measure, like the, like, like the Corinthians 12 kind of gift. That's not who we're talking to. Uh, I think some of you do have that Corinthians 12 kind of gift where it's just a, almost a stratospheric level of gifting for healing. I'm not talking, I'm talking to like to the rest of us who don't have that. We still have the authority and the power to minister the healing ministry of Jesus. So, um, Jesus emphasized it, Jesus commanded it, but also, and Chris is talking about that, and he and I, we've had a conversation, but healing practically reveals the Father's love and the Father's power to people in a very practical way. And there's something very beautiful about ministering that to people. It's one thing to say, hey, you know, God loves you, you know. It's another thing to show them, show them the Father's love by giving them this gift. I remember having a, this has been three or four years ago, this young man was working on our, on our property. I'm not sure, I don't know if it was downstairs in the basement. Um, his name was Colby, you know, 20s, just a regular guy, hardworking, you know, blue collar kind of guy. Um, I don't even remember what his, I think it was something with his knee. He had such pain in his knee all the time. And he had finished up working, he was sitting on the back. Two or three of those guys were there. Um, and they were late, they were running late, and I, I was cooking hamburgers for my family and offered to cook them some. So they were eating hamburgers out on our deck, and, you know, we're just talking about things. And I mentioned just healing for his leg and offered to pray for him. And this is the only time this has happened. I pray for, I, I begin to pray for him, and he just jumps back in utter shock. He's like, what did you just do? I said, I don't know. I just put my hand on it. He said, it felt, he said, it felt like, like a bolt of fire just ran through my leg. I said, well, sometimes that happens, but let me just pray for you, you know. Doesn't happen to me, but whatever, you know. And um, let me pray for you. And we prayed, and like with, you know, within five or six minutes of, of praying, like he's like, I've never been able to, to move. And he was, he was astonished by this. But what that did is in the next 10 or 15 minutes, that opened up a conversation to him about 
his own faith, the Father's love, his, how he's viewed by the Father, how the Father really does love him, and really just getting him to the point where he's just considering claims of the, of the faith that he's never considered before, things that he probably wouldn't be open to unless his knee would have been electrified with healing power. So it shows the Father's love. It shows that, so that's one of the things that, that's one of the reasons that we, that we emphasize, um, that we emphasize gift of healing. Real quick, tell us, talk to us about this connection between, you mentioned words of knowledge. Yes. You know, so mention the connection between that and healing. They're two separate gifts, but why do we often see them right. together? So I'm not assuming everyone here just operates in that, but there's, there's a longer conversation with that. I'll just make it very, very simple is that when you're praying to the Lord, the still small voice is the most common way in scripture that the Lord speaks to people. Audible is, I know people the Lord speaks audibly to every day. That's one thing. But that still small voice, that intimate connection you have when you're like, you hear him in his love, there's also knowledge behind that voice. It's that the Lord is, sits in a place, he's immutable, he has all knowledge, he's outside of time, he never was, he never is in the future, he's always is. And he knows all things. He's aware of the sparrow. He's aware of your hair, how many hairs. He's also aware of what's going on in a room, and he's intimately closer than anything else, connected with what's going on with people. So if you ask him in your intimacy, you open your door with your heart, he comes and dines with you, tabernacles with you, you suddenly enter into an eternal space of pure love that is connected with people, that he's seeking people out, the lost sheep. So this is basically what words of knowledge is. I'm just trying to simplify it for you. Is so that when in prayer, sometimes it's like the Lord will just, you just have a thought that comes across your head that's like, this is going on with somebody. But the only way to know things is to step out. This is the, a key here, is that sometimes we think very passively. We want food to be laid down at our table, but we actually have to go out and kill, eat. <laughs> that's the command in, in, in Acts. And if we hear that, it's an invitation. So the connection with prophecy is that the basis of prophecy is basically comes out of your intimacy. Every believer is gifted somehow mm-hmm. in some level with faith and prophecy. That's in right. some level, right? It's basically our connection with him, right? But that, when we, that gets extroverted out, that leads into words of knowledge. And then when we step out on that, that releases kingdom things, I hope that was simple enough to say that. So when I pray, there's been a connection where most of the time when you see supernatural healing, which for the Lord is not supernatural, it's just natural, it's connected with knowledge because he knows what he's doing and what he's wanting to do. And our goal is to take on his heart of love and compassion and to co-labor with him. That's all it is. So many times when I pray, and I, I have a habit of doing this, the more regular I do this is the more often is, Lord, what are you doing? It's a very simple question. Father, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And you start to see Jesus, Yeshua, like telling you things, either in your imagination. And then the only way to know is to step out. Right. I mean, you can't just say like, well, I'm going to sit here. That must come to me. Well, sometimes you take a risk in love and step out. And a lot of times those things that you don't know are the things God knows because he's already seeking out the lost sheep. He's seeking out those who are broken, who have broken bodies to restore. He's already seeking them out. We're just stepping in the river. This, I know that's kind of a, we're just doing that. So for me, many times I, I just write it down on my phone, like, okay, Lord, what are you doing? And I, don't, I try not to discount things that I don't know. You will, if it's from the Lord, you will not know them in your natural realm. 
that's the definition of that. Right. So you won't know, and it, you'll hear things that are like, that's crazy. I can tell you that the, the craziest things that come across from the, the mind of God into my heart, the things that I want to reject are usually the things that are the most powerful. I've seen that over the years. Mm -hmm. Things that I'm like, what, that is so specific that there's no way. Or things that I think I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that can't be right. Just be obedient and like step out and share them. The, his word will intentionally offend our minds. That is the way that it works. The mind of God offends, is, is an enemy with flesh, which is our natural energy to hear, to do. Um, and those things connect, and it's, it releases faith. So, for instance, if there's somebody, like somebody said something, was it, um, who, is it Jeanette, what's her name right here, the, the guitar? Jamie. Jamie. Mm -hmm. So she said a word about lungs. Well, I prayed this morning, and I heard the Lord say, there's somebody here who does not have enough lung capacity. That's what I heard, but I hadn't right. shared that. But now scripture says one person has a word, two are connecting, you know. So I know that, like, the Lord is doing something. But what if no one ever shared that? Right. The Lord can still heal people. But what happens if there's somebody out here who has a lung condition? They're like, I don't know if God will heal me. And you may be disappointed. You may, like, the disappointment may cause callousing where you protect that area of your heart. So you don't want to step up for healing. But then somebody, then... Jamie says something, and I've just concurred with that because I'm hearing that. Her and I have never talked about this. That lets somebody out here know that, wait, God is actually seeking you out to restore you. And when you think about restore, restoration, think about dead grass. God speaks, and then suddenly green, and it comes back to life. It's just like Genesis. He's seeking you out. Does that, I hope that makes sense. It does, right. And, and, and words of knowledge also make healing easier. And I'm, yeah. I'll speak because I, you know. I'm, sure, go ahead. Um, but like it's it's one thing you know to, to kind of go from this posture of prayer where we know nothing about the situation we know nothing about what God's do. all we want to do is pray Lord if it's if it's your will heal them and I think that's how most of it the American church have always been taught to pray sort of with this like shotgun boom blow it out there maybe he will maybe he won't we just want to pray if it's your will heal them and sometimes, you know, God honors that. He does. Plenty of people have been healed by that kind of prayer. But I think there's also a level of prayer where the Lord wants to kind of move us over here, where it's hearing specifically from the Father about what he wants to do. And how much easier is this if you can hear, you know, a voice, and let's say that Sasha has, some, has something going on with her, with her knees or whatever else, and you're, you're already sensing that God says, hey, she's got a torn ACL, and I really want to heal it today because I want her to, to, to run and bridle, you know, Psalm 119.34, that kind of a thing. If I'm hearing that, that makes it so much easier because I know what the issue is. I know what God wants to do, and I know why he wants to do it. So all I, literally all I have to do is just verbally agree with what God said. I don't have to fish around. I don't have to hunt. I don't have to ask God if it's his will. I know what his will is because I've heard him say it. Yeah. You know, so I know this is, a, this is a different level of prayer that I, that I believe God wants to kind of bring our church to. You know, and we're not all going to hear real clear, deep, specific kind of things, but all of us can hear the voice of God. Everybody can hear the voice of God. Yes, you can. Definitely. I want to give a, just a yeah. side note to that because I know a lot of, I was just talking to, I was doing a job with a friend of mine and he's like, I ask the Lord God all the time and it's like silence. And I just had a, we were on our way to Bardstown and I said, well, it's probably because you don't know what to look for. Like you, you don't, you're expecting something. And many times when we're trying to listen to the Lord for something, we think we're going to find something, but this is something about human nature, is that if we don't know, if we're not open to looking for something, we have the ability to completely not see something. 
this has to do with the Garden of Eden, with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of um, life, is that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil allowed us to, to see what we want to see and to make that our God, so that we completely pass things up. This is why the kingdom of heaven, Jesus talks about it like something you have to search for that's hidden in a field. It's not that it's not there. It's there, but if we don't know it's there, we won't know it's there. Right. And so I just want to encourage you that when you're trying to listen and step out, part of it is allowing the Holy Spirit to make it so that you can know what's there, to be able to see what's there. Once you see it, then you can't unsee it, right. if that makes sense. I'll just give you a quick, like, when I was in Safari one time on a mission trip, the kids that were with me who were our missionary kids from that area, they were able to spot animals like this. I couldn't see them because they're camouflaged in Kenya. But then once I saw them, I saw them. I was like, oh, that's what hiding cheetah looks like. Once you see it, you see it. But if you can't see it, it's hard to see. So I just want to encourage you that if, you, if you're not used to hearing that way, if you're not used to stepping out that way, ask the Holy Spirit. He's wanting you to walk in this. Ask him to open your eyes to see as he sees. The moment you recognize things, they become a reality. They were always there, but they weren't a reality to you. Does it, yeah. I'm just encouraging Absolutely. you with that. Beautiful. Okay. So I want to do a couple things here. Um, I, I want to make sure we have some, some, um, some time at the end. Um, give us like three or, four, three or four of your kind of key principles for, for walking and healing and maybe some obstacles. You mentioned some of those as well. Sure. sure. Um, I just wrote down some things here. So I just wrote this up, this, just, just praying about this. Principles of healing. Um, and before I do that, last time I was like, Lord, what are you saying to this congregation? Three things I felt like the Lord Jesus was saying to you. Number one, I am with them and I love them, your congregation. Number two, I hear your prayers. And number three, they have authority, but, um, but you have to step out in authority. Mm. You have it. You already have authority. I just want you to know that. Everyone here has authority. God has already, Jesus has already given it to you. You just need to step on it. You won't know it. Mm -hmm. Some principles. Um, healing is God's idea. We're not contriving it. Right. And um, I want to encourage you to, number one, surrender. To, healing and stepping out in these things are an act of surrender. It's not an act of self-glorification. It's an act of love and surrender. It, just, I just want you to imagine that every one of you, you knew you could lay hands on the sick. Because Jesus says it. And they would be healed. It didn't matter the condition you still have a choice to surrender to what the Lord's doing in the moment. This has been the hardest struggle for me is that I've seen about almost every kind of healing and miraculous things happen. There's always a choice of surrender where am I going to do my thing or am I going to look to serve in love and to make myself available? It's always about making yourself available and surrendering in love. The greatest among you will be the servant of all. So it's like it's an act of serving in love. I just... Um, next thing, number two, be moved with compassion to be empowered to do something for others. Compassion, the love of God is the power of God. It's very simple. It's like Jesus looked at the crowd, he had compassion on them and healed them all. That's what scripture says. Compassion, it's not about doing something just to like see something. It's about actually connecting your love and compassion with giving them something. This morning as I was driving here, I felt like the Lord was showing me Peter and John when they're near the gate beautiful in Jerusalem, and the man who's sitting there said, asking for alms, and they said, silver and gold I do not have, 
but in the name of the Lord Jesus, arise, right? The whole point of that is that you actually have living bread to give people. You are loaded with this, with an unexhaustible. So when you're, when you're, when you're, it's not a question of like, can you heal? The Lord already does this. It's clear through scripture. The question is, is are you going to give them what you have? Mm-hmm. I just want to encourage you that you are walking with bread, living bread. The Lord has set himself up in you. He's yeah. tabernacled in you. He will never leave you. The Holy, the Holy Spirit's it's in you forever. That's what Jesus said in John. He doesn't, not just on you, but he's in you forever. So give them bread. But you have to recognize that you have bread to give. Just I'm right. telling you, you do. Right. So that's the ne- that's next thing, next principle that I was just... Um, number three, see with God's eyes, not your own. This is the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. What is the Lord wanting to do in this situation? Ask him. Expect to hear. When you ask, expect to hear. Expect to hear. Don't just... You know, expect that his thoughts will come through you. Mm-hmm. Expect to hear. When he speaks, consider that reality as, and, and, as directions. The, the part about this that we're never taught in the Western church is that God is a co-laborer. He loves sharing his kingdom. And he, there would be no, the best way I can put this, there would be no reward if we didn't have a stake in it. We didn't have a choice in the parable of the talents. The point of this is that we have stuff. Step out in it. Um, co-labor with him. He's waiting for you. He's inviting you. Step out. Mm. Number four, you can pray for healing in others even if you haven't seen it in yourself. That's right. I have lots of, a couple conditions that I've been waiting for the Lord to heal me on and just, but I haven't seen any healing in my body. But I've lost count of the people I've seen healing for. Miraculous, like, pinpoint across the world for one lost sheep. Hmm. Just encouraging you that if you haven't seen it and you're thinking, because I know it, I've thought this myself, well, I'll, I'll pray for healing when I see it in myself. Don't do that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that is not actually like, don't do that. Start stepping out. The joy is in giving. It's better to give than receive. That's right. It's just step out. Beautiful. And then some roadblocks. These are the things that like I've thought about myself. Number one, sometimes physical healing is connected to other areas in somebody's life. Maybe emotional bondage, unforgiveness, other kinds of healing. Let the Holy Spirit direct you. You don't have to know everything. I just want to encourage everybody. I don't know stuff. The Lord knows stuff. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what to do. He searches the depth of people's hearts. All you have to do is be like a child and listen and just walk alongside him and just be willing to obey. That's it. And like he'll actually tell you what to do next. I found a number of years ago when I started to listen to the Lord, there's another whole conversation about that. I found ministry time at the congregation I was serving at to be the easiest. At a certain point when I started to recognize the Lord is already knowing what to do and I just have to listen and do what he tells me to do, the easiest thing during my week to do. It was like butter. It was like, well, this is easy. All I do is I just listen. He tells me what to do. I don't know what to do. He tells me what to do. He knows what he's doing. It's very, very simple. And then just another roadblock here. So, Within that right there, sometimes people's healing are connected to other areas. Like what if somebody is struggling with a bondage of fear? I had a student one time that in one of my figure drawing classes who had, I came in and I saw her holding her back. She's like, I've had chronic back for six years. I was like, hey. I grabbed another student who I knew wanted to pray. And I said, hey, can we pray for you? And she's like, sure. And she, we started praying. She wasn't seeing healing. And then I had this kind of sense, the Lord saying, there's a bondage of fear in her life. I want to break this. And that. And so I said, hey, do you have fear deep in your life? She's like, yes. We prayed over her. We commanded the fear to leave. And then suddenly her back felt better. 
Sometimes we are comp- right. we're supposed to be holistic. We're not separated or divided. Right. So sometimes it's like, you know, sometimes healing has to do with other things. Sometimes people are dealing with shame, so they feel like they can't receive the healing from God. So that they actually are saying no to God. They don't know they're saying no. That's one of the roadblocks. Um, I'm almost done here. I don't want to take up too much time. But um, next one is fear of failure. This has to do with us. Right. Sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm scared if this doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. This morning I was thinking about that for you and thinking about for me. What if we dealt with that way we're feeling, feeding the hungry? Because when you're, when you're praying for people for the sick and to do that, it's really not that much different than feeding the hungry. You know, what if, some, what if like 10 people out of 100 said, I don't want your food? Would that fear of that keep us from like offering the food to people? We just understand that like it's all the same to the Lord. It's like these are basic, healing is a basic need. We're right. all going to get right. sick. We have broken bodies since right. the fall. So don't worry about failure. The, the, the point of this is love, is that you offer it out in love. And it's like even if you don't see something happen, you've, you've taken a risk in love. And people know that. So it's like, and it's also love to the Lord. It's not just loving other people. It's like, do you love the Lord Jesus enough to step out, to love those he loves? Right. It's, it's, that's a pretty, and then I, th- I think that might be the, the last one there. Um, yeah. It's operating in love and compassion. Go ahead, Brad. And, and the more that we do this in community, too, this is a, this is a safe place to do it. Yeah. You know, we, 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 it can be messy, and we don't always get it right, and sometimes we get words of knowledge, and we speak those out, and they don't connect, it's okay, you know, nobody bats a thousand in this, um, but the Lord honors faith, he honors humility, he honors love, so if those are our guiding principles, and he honors, you know, boldness, of course, part of faith too, um, if we never step out in faith because of fear, we're never going to see healing, if we wait until we feel electricity, and we want to zap people, that's not going to happen, like any of these gifts, these gifts are to be stewarded and developed, so you have a gift, but it's also something that you can learn. You can learn to discern, to hear God's voice. The more you do it, the clearer it becomes. The more you practice healing, the, the, the you know, the just, I don't want to use the word skilled, but it's, it's a spiritual skill that we, can, that we can learn and develop as well. So um, I want us to, we're going to do a, some, some practical things here now, if we can do that. Um, I want to give you our five-step prayer model. That's, it's, it's a guide. It's not the only way to pray for healing, but it's something that's very helpful for me um, in, in, in how I'm praying for people. And Chris hit on some of these in there. You got five fingers right here, and this is sort of how we're, how we're going to lead this. Um, the first step is to listen. Always begins with listening. Somebody comes up and they, they need prayer. First thing we do is like, let's just listen for the Lord. We just don't, don't want to jump right in with, if it's Jesus, if it's your name, heal. Let's listen to what the Lord is saying. And this is when we want to begin to discern what are the roots of this? Is this just a physical issue that we can bind the pain, cast it away, send it, and let it be healed? Is it some other spiritual roots? Is it unforgiveness or bondage? What is Jesus saying about that person? That's the first thing. The second thing is that, is that we, um, we decide what kind of approach do we want to take? What kind of prayer do we want to take? You know, um, after listening, then we decide our approach. Third, of course, is to pray. We pray in confidence and boldness. We take authority. Notice in Jesus' prayers, he never... He never he, he always used commands in his prayers. He never asked the Father, would you heal this one? He always used commands. So we, we pray boldly, and we pray expecting things. So that's the third step. Uh, the fourth is that we observe. Let's, let's, I prayed for a minute. I want to stop back. And we usually just pray with our eyes open. Let's see what's happening. Let's see if, if somebody's responding to what we're doing. Um, but that observe step is 
you know, we ask questions, how is your pain now? If it's a physical thing, how is your pain now? I often will do the scale of one to 10 before prayer and after prayer to help gauge that. Let's ask, let's get some feedback, let's observe. So that's, the, that's that, that fourth step. The fifth then is to repeat or release. We repeat again, and often we've seen breakthrough not on the first time of praying, um, but on the third or fourth. I've had the Lord sometimes tell me, this is gonna take three times of you praying. I've heard the Lord say that. So sometimes we're gonna repeat it. If we see the I've pain level. seven. Yeah, that's right, yeah. You know, we, I've, I've, we've seen pain go down a little bit. We're gonna keep on praying until it goes down. We see people leave with no pain because of the persistence in prayer. And sometimes the Lord says, okay, you're released. You know, you've, you've, you've prayed. We didn't see healing. It's okay. We bless them. We say, you know what? We're gonna, I'm going to keep believing for healing for you, but God loves you. God loves you. I just want to bless you. And then we release them on their way.